Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. I'm Andy White, and I'm joined by Felice. I almost forgot who I was joined by. Felice Ailing. <laughs> um, now, in the last show, we talked about the sort of technical side of SEO. So the next bit is about the the humany content side of things, uh, the content SEO, if you like, isn't it? Felice? Yes, that's. I think once you've got the actual, you know, the the build right, and you've got the structure um, of the website right, it's then looking at. Um, what factors do you need to consider with on-page content with regards to SEO? Um, and I think this is where sometimes website owners start sort of getting a little bit confused mm. um, because some of it then with the technical stuff, it's very clear cut. It's one thing or the other. Um, but when it comes to content, it's a little bit more ambiguous and a lot more down to sort of judgment and common sense we say common sense but obviously common sense is based on experience so yeah if you've never done it before you know it can often be quite difficult to know how to actually utilize all of these different things mm. um so we just thought we'd run through the main ones metadata yeah so that's the stuff in the background of each page that basically tells google what that page is all about metadata data about data data about data yeah um so the two main ones are your title tag and your description mm-hmm. of the content um the title tag is normally the page title if it's a clothing website you're selling you know jumpers it would be you know, men's jumpers or men's shirts or something like that would be, mm. um, you know, either your, your category landing page or it'd be, you know, the title of the blog post would be the title. Now, the meta description is it's a, it's a quite a short piece of text that should outline why the user should visit that page. So, Is this what, the bit of text that appears after the main dark blue bit on the Google results? Yes. I mean, the idea of it is that Google pulls that out and mm. uses it and displays it alongside um, the search results. But that piece of text is the first thing the user sees yeah. um, and should contain enough information to make them want to click through that link and read that piece of content. So normally we'd recommend you have, obviously, the brand name in there somewhere. Um, tell people what the page is all about and, you know, try and include a, a call to action um, if you can. If there's something like, um, you know, a discount code or an offer on the page, mm. include that in the description. If it's a guide to something or a template for something, um, don't just say this page, you know, this is a, a, a template or a guide. Tell people how it's going to help them. Yeah. Um, Google doesn't always pull them out. 
and use them to display my pool content from somewhere else on the page. Again, you know, we we hope that they'll use it. But so it's not absolutely deterministic then? No, you it's can't. It's a bit heuristic. It is a little bit. But mm. for the most part, that piece of text is what will be displayed alongside the search results. Yeah, because I've just put my favourite joke word flange into Google. The first entry was flange, Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia in bold blue. And underneath it's got a flange as an external or, or internal ridge or rim. So it's telling me what it is. So presumably that... Um, like normal, normally unbolded paragraph of text is the description, the meta description. It would normally be. I think we wiki think. pages are slightly different. I don't think um, they have that probably, kind of. Surf- I've probably done a really bad example. That's then probably the first line or something in yeah. the text. Um, obviously, that's quite descriptive. You probably wouldn't actually need to click through the page. Mm. <laughs> you know what it is now. Um, but there'll be other things. It would be something like so. If there's a guide to. I'm just trying to think of examples. So a, a, a guide or a template for a specific task or something that you're looking for. Yes. Um, you know, you can tell people improve, you know, improve your improve your customer service with our helpful guide, probably, you know, be something like that. So give people a clear idea as to why they would want to click through to that piece of content. Yeah, I mean, I've just put varnish a kangaroo in and I've the first hit was industrial and marine coatings, uh, walrus etching primer. So there you go. It proves what you just said. <laughs> Anyway, carry on. Sorry. Okay, so that's the so that's the back end stuff. That's the yeah. stuff that Google sees, um, and the stuff that should be displayed well, in wasn't the results. Was the uh, meta description downgraded? I say recently. It's probably about two years ago now. I know it used to be very important, didn't it? And there were people. Or was that the keyword meta description? Meta, what? The keyword meta area. Well, obviously, I mean, before you know, we, we know before. Um, uh, before the big updates, the title tags and meta descriptions were one of the main. Um, areas Google look to determine mm. the content on the page, um, but obviously with so many you know, black hat um, SEOers out there, got quite wise to this. So you know the title tags and the meta description, yeah. you could pretty much say anything you liked in that, and it may actually bear no resemblance to what was actually on the page sure. when the user yeah. got there. Yeah. Um, so um, it's an indicator now. It's the first port of call. Google looks at that and thinks, okay, this gives me an idea of what's on the page. Mm. But then it also looks at what's actually now on the page. Now I'll look in the page. Yeah, yes. and make Does sure that those two things actually yes. match up. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is important to get it right, especially if that text is being pulled out in the, um, in the search results because that's the way you make your link stand out from everybody else's. Mm. So it is quite important. It's good to, to place a good hook in there. However, if everything else is a little bit flat or the actual content on the page isn't that great or it doesn't match up or it doesn't match up yeah. then you may as well not bother Interesting um, stuff. yeah so it has some influence again we never know exactly how much it does we just know it's you know all, it should be a case of all of these things working together mm. um, no one thing on its own is going to improve you know improve your rankings or do too much for the content um, on the page if you've got things wrong elsewhere. Sure. I think this sums up Google's approach these days, doesn't it? It's more of a holistic look at the page. It is, yes. I mean, we talk about, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, content is key, king and, uh, you know, just focus on the end user and make sure that the content's relevant, et cetera, et cetera. However, there are still technical things you do need to think about. Mm. Um, you know, it isn't just a case of, you know, if you build it, they will come. Um, you do need to have, you know, some idea of what Google's also looking at, um, as well as what's actually on the page. So again, it's the balance of the two. You know, if you just focus on technical, you're going to miss. Yeah. Um, you're going to miss a lot. But if you just focus on the content and you don't look at technical at all, you're going to miss out as well. Um, so the next thing is obviously content on page. 
Um, now, is this that it was writing for the web versus writing for a paper page? Well, uh, you know, with Google keeps saying it's right for the audience. Mm. Write content that reads well, that's easy to understand, that's informative, that's relevant. You know, and that's the most important thing, mm. which it is. You know, if people come to your page and they start reading and it's terribly you know, terribly written and, you know, it's got keywords flying around all over the place mm. and links everywhere and half the stuff's in bold and not, you know, because someone's focused too much on the technical, they'll bounce off the page. They won't bother reading it. Yeah. And Google knows that. It knows if people are actually reading the content. So it's, it's just about making sure that it's well written. Um, and it's written for a particular audience in mind and it has a clear theme. So if you're going to write a piece of content, mm know exactly what you're going to focus on while you're writing it and just make sure that you're staying true to that, um, true to that theme um, and you're not going off in, in different directions, trying to pick up as many keywords as you can in one document. Um, the next things are headlines. These are the headers yes. on your page. Yes. Um, the main ones are obviously H1, H2 and H3. Mm. I only use one H1 in any page. Um, that's the main header usually at the top, should be at the top of the page. Yes. Um, and again, you know, as you go down, the H1s, Google will put more onus on those than they will on the H2s and the H3s. Sure. Yeah. And then obviously any other headings that are in bold, it'll look at those. But um, the H1 should include specific keywords. Okay. Um, and descriptive keywords. Is this um, all to do with good document, good document structure? Try saying that fast three times. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So it's okay. So one H1 tag, and it's okay to have more than one h2 tags because they're like subheadings aren't they they are yeah like subheadings and then h3 is obviously is a sub subheading a sub sub subheading is h4 i mean is there is there any latest thinking on how deep you can go with your headings um again i would say it all depends on what you're writing Mm. um it's about it making sense Mm. um using h1s is a really good way of breaking up content obviously you don't want one whole page of text with no you know paragraphs no breaks it makes it really difficult for the user to read so it Mm. makes it you know just look a lot more friendly um it makes it read easier users can scroll down and use the headings um to find the the section of this of the content that they want to read so it's about common sense yeah you know make sure that you use the headings where appropriate so don't put headings in bold when you should be tagging Mm. them as h1s or h2s um, so make sure that you're using them because it does help Google to understand the content on the page. And if your keywords are in the H1s, Google looks at that and thinks that keyword is more important than some of the other sure. words that yeah. might be occurring throughout the document. It's interesting what you say, actually, about big paragraphs, because I think more and more people are reading on mobile now, mobile devices, smaller screens. One thing that puts me off the most when I get my Galaxy S4 out, which is not tiny, but not huge, yeah, is to seeing a monolithic block of text. Let's look at it go. Mm. flick what, what yeah. email have i got <laughs> <laughs> it's even more important on mobile because we know that people are looking for shorter mm. pieces of content you know you're more likely to read something like that on a desktop but even then if it's really not user friendly the only people that are going to read it are those people that really really want that information i really find myself skipping over sentences these days when i read on the web we Just do sc- we're, scanning we're, yeah well because we're used to consuming information in bite-sized chunks now mm. we're used to websites that deliver information in small pieces that are easily digestible um you know being able to look at you know information through infographics or video or podcasts mm. you know we don't like reading pages and pages and pages of just text now i see the next item on your list is images Yes, and, and just a very, very basic. Uh, it's amazing how many people don't actually do this. Um, if you put images, uh, images are great, uh, really good in your content, um, and Google can display images 
separately mm -hmm. um, from your content. So if somebody's doing an image search, you you know you can find an image on a page can rank higher than the actual page results itself. Someone's looking at images. But quite often people put images on a page and don't put any description around it in the back end as to what it actually is. Right, so when you say description around it, you're talking about the text near the image or the alt? The alt, the alt, the the alt, alt tags. Yeah, so yeah. the stuff in the background, Google can see there's an image on the page, mm. but it has no idea if that you know what that image is of. Um, so at least we don't think so. We don't think, well, yeah, we don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's something, isn't there, like they can do, you know, recognition now of, mm. of you know, of um, landmarks and famous faces. Mm. And so they're, they're getting a bit more sophisticated. But generally speaking, if there's an image on the page, Google knows there's an image and that's about all it can decipher. Mm. So make sure you put an alt tag in um, and, you know, make sure that you're using the keyword in that image as well, because it understands that image is related to that keyword and is of something specific it's almost like images have a bit of a life of their own don't they because well, they, they almost like almost like float away and sort of lead their own existence because they, they can, can be do, separately yeah. searched on google they can almost. be you know they can be served up to the user mm. in a separate search and obviously if you're thinking about the amount of competition um around specific keywords there's far less so mm. you do have a good chance of your image ranking within an image search and then obviously someone clicks on that image they land on the page where the content is mm. so it's just you know it's another way of driving traffic to your site rather than somebody else's um and obviously that works the same for video you know yeah. in google search results you can opt to just search video Right, the next one is, obviously, we've mentioned keywords, and we, we talk about keywords and phrases. So the phrases would normally be slightly longer tail. Um, depends what it is you're trying to focus on, which topic you're trying to focus on with each piece of content. Um, so we say be specific. You know, I wouldn't try to focus on more than one keyword or mm. key phrase with each piece of content. You know, if there's something else you want to talk about, you know, create that separately. Um, don't try and stuff it all into one place. Um, but we quite often get asked about keyword density, so this is how many times should mm. I repeat that keyword yeah. um, within that content? So obviously, you know, this comes back to the whole spammy um, keyword loading that people used to do with their content where they'd literally put the same keyword like every other word. And make it white on white so you can't see white it. White on white, yeah, in the headers and stuff. It, yes. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. Um, the web so, can see. <laughs> so Google would look at that content and go, oh, that keyword's being used a lot in that mm. content. That must be really relevant, must be related to that keyword. Mm. Um, you know, when the user clicks on it, it's virtually unreadable. So now obviously Google doesn't like that, doesn't like to see a keyword being used too often um, because then it starts to look spammy. Um, so there is no hard and fast rule with it. I think there's a lot of agencies out there, there's a lot of people out there trying to come up with some kind of rule because people like rules, especially technical SEO people. Um, they like to give you a, you know, X percentage of times for you know the occurrence of keywords or X amount per so many words. Um, it really just comes down to common sense. Mm -hmm. It's about writing that content and making sure that where relevant you're using that keyword but not overusing it and not focusing too much um, on the placement or where you've put it. You know, if it's in the H1s, it's in the first paragraph mm. and it's repeated a few more times in the content, then that should be enough. There's things like if you're using, if you're linking to any other content elsewhere on the page, using that anchor text, making sure that that text contains the keyword or phrase. Mm. Again, that helps, um, that helps Google to understand that, that's an important part of the of the content. Um, one of the things we, the only thing we sort of really suggest, there are things like keyword density checkers out there where mm. you can put in the URL into a into a tool and it will basically tell you, 
you know how well optimized or whether your content is over optimized for us yeah these normally give you, they normally give you a percentage don't they so it's like you know three keywords were found in 500 words or something yeah so it's like three over 500 whatever that comes out as a percentage yeah, yeah. and they, they can be useful if you've you know if you really don't know where to start mm. they can be useful just to run your content through and just have a bit of a look um word clouds are another one there's lots of word cloud tools out there Ah, word clouds. I haven't come across those very often these days. No, oh, I really like them. You normally like see them. them over on the right-hand side, over in the margin, don't you? And sometimes yeah. they rotate like a sort of <laughs> sphere of words. I actually really like word clouds. Mm. I think they just give, you know, a very at-a-glance um, sort of picture of, of what your content yeah. is referring to. And we can, we can do it with clients sometimes, you know, if we might refer through pieces of content, mm. especially if there's sort of big sections, um, you know, and you can basically see straight away whether a an area of the site or a piece of content um, contains the keywords or related keywords mm. enough. Um, we've had, you know, instances where we've run content through a word cloud and the keyword is one of the smallest within the word cloud. Like it. <laughs> Something like that. Um, so Just for those who don't know, a word cloud is that cloud of words that you see and the bigger the word, the more often it appears. That's right. That's right, right. Yeah. yes. Um, so, you know, a word cloud can be, you know, just a, a nice little checker. If you want to have a look, um, you know, if you're optimising for a specific keyword, you would hope that keyword would be the biggest word within mm. that word cloud. Mm. But again, if it's huge and all of the other words are a lot, lot smaller, at that point you might be thinking it might be in there a bit too much. Um, because you do want to have the general conversation around it as well. So I think well, that's actually about it. I think we've probably... You've covered it all. I think we've pretty much covered the main things. Like I said, there's there's loads of other things that you could be thinking about if you you know, are very technically minded. Mm. There is going to be a lot of other things. Um, and then obviously we're talking about off-page, so we're talking about inbound links to content. All of those yeah. kind of things help with SEO. But in terms of creating pages and content for your website, these are the main things to get right. So I'm going to ask you a really difficult question now because I love asking you difficult questions, Felice. We talked mm-hmm. about technical and the, the sort of human-y content side of SEO. Yeah. Which do you think is more important? I, I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I think you know what I'm going to say. They're just, <laughs> it's all important. They Andrew. are intrinsically, intrinsically linked together. Yeah. I mean, it depends who you ask, really. Mm. Um, you know, we know some, I think it's about laying the foundations with the technical mm. and then building on them with the content. Yeah. If your foundations aren't right, it doesn't matter how much content you're producing, it's all going to crumble. Um, at the same time, if you've only got the foundations right, you're sending content out into the ether with no real anchor. Um, so both of them are important. Um, and there's just the basics to get right before you then start looking at social engagement and outreaching and inbound links and mm. all of those other things that obviously all of us content people do. Felice, thank you so much. I'm sure our listeners will find it very useful. Um, thank you for listening. Sitevisibility.com slash podcast is the place to go if you want to find us on the web. You can also find us in iTunes. Please rate us in iTunes. We like that. And if you've got questions, our email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. And there's also a telephone number you can call, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five oh so that's all from me andy white and it's all from philly sailing and we'll see you next time on internet marketing small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall 
Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.